The Dharma talk uh, title this morning is uh, Either Or. So the idea here is to have a talk title where I can talk about a particular topic. And that is, um, that, that title, talk title, could go lots of different ways. I could just recite the book by Soren Kierkegaard called Either Or, which, of course, I've memorized. Not. So the idea here is uh, uh, if you practice meditation, if, you're, if you become nauseated with samsara, which is usually what happens, person does this, does that, and finally it just everything just starts to get like, I can't do this. I can't. I don't know what else to do. You might have tried all kinds of things. You might have tried relationship uh, solutions. You might have tried uh, other religious or uh, um, organizations or protocols or however. You might have tried drugs. You might have tried chemicals of various kinds, legal and illegal. And you might have uh, tried other forms of meditation. But uh, kind of nauseated with it. it just gets tiring to continually have some kind of called suffering the downside of that is it's stress, stressful it's difficult and we're, we don't know what to do and we we don't know who to trust we might have uh, spent uh, the first 20 30 years of our life trusting situations or even people that were not so workable that was more about them trying to get control of you get you to do something or fall in line or follow them Anytime somebody's looking for followers, don't do it. Don't follow this person. It might lead you off a really steep snowbank. So yet here we find ourselves looking at uh, our life through this particular uh, lens or dynamic, uh, trying to see what is this? Is there something I could do? Could I actually turn my life around or uh, uh, begin to have a deeper, deeper understanding of this? Is there some way to do that? So we're doing something that has been done very similarly to what we're doing here each day or in our life or in our bedroom or in our shrine room or, 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 or our meditation hall or our meditation closet, whatever it may be. Someplace where we sit down and we just watch what the mind does, just observe. So either or either, if you practice in this way, I can guarantee you something, and I don't guarantee much. But this either or, I can guarantee you. What is it? I'm about to tell you. Either you will uh, become enlightened. I will guarantee that either you'll become enlightened, you will become completely Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, or you'll just settle down. Or as my teacher, my first teacher, Chogyam Trungpa, Rinpoche, the Dorje, Dradal of Mukpo, the Vidyatara, said, you may not attain enlightenment, but at least you won't be a nuisance to everyone. I thought that was quite clever of him. So in other words, either you will awaken to this, the truth of this path, the truth of the Buddha's teaching, that nothing is separate from anything else, everything's dependently arisen, or you'll just stop making life miserable for yourself and for others. You'll actually settle down and I'm not saying you're going with the status quo, but you won't miss the status quo. You'll be very aware of the status quo. You'll be very aware of your own lack of status. Being la being aware of your lack of status is not exactly uh, awakening, but it's damn close. If you object or agree or look away, passion, aggression, and ignorance, if you do anything with that, 
then you've got some work to do. Do nothing with it. It will give you no credentials. You won't have any. I am so vain, so incredibly in love with myself that if I had the slightest little tiny twinkling of credential, I could not do this. I don't know. You determine that. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned how I show up. That doesn't mean that I'm going to come in here with a cowboy hat on. Well, I guess I had none. I say I'm not concerned. I am I'm concerned. I want to fundamentally, my motivation is to help you and not to make life difficult for you. So that's why I say, give me the, give me the benefit of the doubt. I'll help you. The belief and disbelief is extra. We don't need that. This is belief. This is disbelief. And this is ignoring. Not much difference. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. So either or with everything, including your own emotions, your own feelings, the whole um, materialistic out outlook that is talked about in Trunk Rinpoche's uh, uh, second book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, published in 1972. Cutting through that you actually will can cut through spiritual materialism and not be uh, materialistic about your greedy, grabbing attitude in terms of the spiritual path. Whether there's complete liberation there or not, uh, either or, but, but I can guarantee one of those will occur. The first one, complete liberation, is not an occurrence. The or, or settle down, that's, that's the series of occurrences. So like, I'm less concerned about what people think of me. I'm not particularly bragging about it, but I'm just less concerned. I notice that they are, but I'm just it's not that important anymore that to look good in front of certain people. Or if I look bad to certain people, not that concerned about it. Not flipping about it, not building up some kind of, I don't care what people think. Well, I just don't care what people think. I do whatever I want to do. You ever met anybody like that? In the mirror, probably. When you say settle down, does that mean fewer activities? Which show up different for each person. So for some people, it can be more activities. There's no, there's no solid credential to affirm that well, this is how it's done. You won't find that in some uh, protocol. Well, maybe may just be be able to function more easily in your in your whatever your environment is, where there's a lot of physical. You just might find that you don't have much of an issue with that. You're able to settle down in that activity. It's not necessarily the the settling down and the person doesn't do much and stays home all the time. Even get somebody else to milk the cows because they're, they're too busy settling down. You have cows? You will. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering um, to what degree do we need to practice in order for that to be the case where we'll wake up or settle down? Practice a lot. If I were going to give general advice, I would just practice a lot. Find time to sit down, hold still, and watch what continues to move in the mind and six sense fields. Just watch the movement. Just watch the escalator going up and going down and going up. And gathering information, shedding information, gathering information, shedding information. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like this. Just observe that. Uh, don't buy. Don't vote. Don't buy into it. 
Uh, it's not that you wouldn't at some point, but it, uh, when you do do something about anything, any given thing that's on the move in your mind or in your world, you will do it out of a incredible clarity of, of what it is. You'll have a complete clarity about what that is. Then you move into that with what um, unconditional confidence. Right and wrong belong, or might be other people's uh, preoccupation, but you are no longer there. You're no longer doing that anymore. No longer are hit, hitting yourself with that kind of hammer. Yes, sir. Um, what is the difference between um, a hierarchy and a credential? A hierarchy, the way I use it, is that it's a, a natural hierarchy. So it's like, and we can go different directions with that one, but I want to lay it out there. We never assume that the roots of a tree uh, should be where the leaves are. It's a natural hierarchy, and that's happening all over the place in the human realm, in the animal realm. And uh, uh, you never see a squirrel beating up on a tiger. They just don't do it. They might think about it. They might team up. But even that, they're probably not going to do that. I'm being silly, of course, but it's, it's like that. It's very obvious what the hierarchy is as, as long as you personally or anybody isn't glazed over with their hopes and their fears and their going to call it all those complications that arise. What was the other part of the question? Uh, how is that different than a credential? The cred credential, the way I'm using that, is uh, is something that uh, that we need to um, uh, subscribe to, or believe in, or, or grasp at, in order to protect ourselves from the from uh, impermanence, uh, suffering, and no self. So it's an artificial self, a credential. More? It's good. Um, I'm thinking of my position where I'm a teacher alongside other teachers. I'm also an owner, and then I function as a director. And just knowing when I need, it just gets confusing when the hierarchy is natural or when I'm imposing my credential because I'm operating out of hope and fear. You're just in a, you're in a situation where it's always about awareness. Just What I would say is don't do much with the situation that's already there. You're the boss. It's your business. Well, it's actually, she gets a business but you work for. Her. <laughs> Where is she getting? Uh, so, so just, I'm saying just, just go along with that and notice the, your awareness of what's happening there is much more important than solving that as a, a problem. And so, oh, I don't have to think about that anymore because now, but just stay in there. Just stay in there and watch what happens and notice that there are times when you need to kind of pull rank on people. And there's other times when you could actually let that flow for a while and see, see what the fundamental nature of that is. People might get a little nervous around that if you're not putting your two cents worth in more because they might feel more insecure, but they might be more uh, more able to be fully um, manifest as their, their complete intelligence may be included into your into your mandala, into that mandala of your business situation rather than being too uh, controlling where people don't even get to be who they are. They don't get to function as their their insight, their understanding, working with children and so on. Go ahead. I noticed that with some of your students, you have a very relaxed relationship. And then other students, I notice it's very clear who the teacher and the student is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering how that, um, um, what's that telltale sign that um, that makes you shift? No, I don't shift. They do. I don't do anything. I do. I don't do much. I don't do much. And, and some of what you're seeing there is your projection. Because the people that I looks like I'm the most relaxed with, I'm probably the most demanding, huh? If, if that's what you're, but it's, it's a, it's a mutual situation. 
very mutual. So I don't need to need to be bossy or something. Whereas people that are some people I need to shove around like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying that everybody has a different kind of energy. So I endeavor so far as I'm able to meet them where they're at. And people ultimately probably feel put upon or, or helped or supported or maybe not so supported. It probably goes moves all over the place. I wouldn't want to be a student of mine. <laughs> it's like when you really need help, you don't get any. And when you don't want any help, you're going to go away. <laughs> you noticed? <laughs> well, you. You know, I one. She's on. I thought you had a question. Okay. Yeah, go on. You said you'll either become enlightened or you'll settle down. Yeah, either or. But sometimes you say don't settle. Mm -hmm. So how can you relate the settle down and don't settle? Well, settling settling is artificial. The settling down uh, based on awareness is just you're just not you're not anxious about things. The anxiety that you were dealing with. That's what I'm saying. You, you settle down, you stop having anxiety. If you do enough sitting, which some people are doing enough sitting, some people are not doing enough sitting, but still want to de make demands on the practice. What do I do with that? Not much, except up here. I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk to people individually about it until they give me permission. They won't give me permission. They're not going to hear from me. But that doesn't mean I miss it. Uh, I'm not up here to brag about how insightful I am, but I don't miss much. More, it's more about that if you have it. So um, it's not settling. I'm not. So not, settling isn't settling. Not, not in that sense. No, no. It's just you calm down. You stop. I'm making life miserable for yourself. You, you begin to realize through sitting meditation, if you do enough of it, you begin to realize that you have, you're actually doing this to yourself. And so far, the that aspect of the consciousness that is paranoid, the seventh consciousness, is making things worse. It's not a self. There isn't any self. There isn't anybody. There's no solid being. Don't believe a word I say. Don't believe that, but find out. How can I sit up here and be so adamant about that? I'm positive about it. There, there isn't anyone. I have no doubts about it. Find out. If you find that out, there's much else you have to do. Everything else takes care of itself because you're no longer some kind of a separate person with this issue or that issue or running here, running there, being criticized by this or criticized by that. More? Yeah. The, the third truth, the noble truths, is nirvana or freedom or liberation mm -hmm. or enlightenment, but probably a small percentage of people are actually enlightened. No, everybody's enlightened. They don't know it. So why, why wouldn't the goal be just to settle down and reduce your anxiety? That might be more true. Go ahead. I mean, you could. You could just, you could just use it that way. Yeah. Why have such a lofty goal? What? Why have such a lofty goal? It's like the noble nuts. truth. It's because you attain enlightenment. Probably not likely that most of us will fully. I didn't say that. You said that. How, how many people do you know that there. you think are awake? What? You said that you've only met two people that you think are awake. That know they're awake. I'm not one of them. Are you going to challenge me a little bit? Oh, yeah, come on. So I've only met two people 
face to face that are fundamentally confident about what this is. Not necessarily about who they are, but what this is. So everyone has everyone is, has this, but everyone is covered up with their discursiveness and their and their attachment to a physical form. You are not this. You're not limited to this physical form. You also, as long as there's a living being here, then you're attached to the form, which is attached to uh, to uh, time and space and all those other illusions. But um, towards the beginning, you were talking about <clears throat> maybe some of the reasons that we try meditation and one of them kind of showed up as like a last resort, like we've tried drugs and all these other things. Sure. Does meditation have to show up as a last resort to function um, as a spiritual path? Uh, so Sometimes, but it just depends on the individual and the person. Depends on some people might, that might start showing up very early for them. Extremely early. So it's dependent on the causes and conditions that are rising as any given person. Some people need to meet a lot of different people before that will show up, before that will happen. Other people uh, understand that right away. Some people understand it right away, but don't do anything with it. They have that kind of a situation, but they, uh, uh, what I would call settle. They don't go any further with it. They think they think they know. Yes. If we're kind of relatively caught into parts of our, our, our identity, like uh, relative situations like owning a home or um, having a job that we're not willing to budge on, are we able to see who we are if we're fixated in those areas? Probably not. Either or seems to point at a clear polarity and things often look much more continuous to me. I wonder if not seeing that polarity is missing something. So I'm just using the either or as just a way of talking about it. Saying you, uh, using uh, Rinpoche's uh, phrase, you may not attain realization, but at least you'll stop being a nuisance to yourself and others. So but that was quite So it's just a way of talking about it. But fundamentally, everyone's awake. We just covered up. So who you actually are is, 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 uh, is not created and can't be destroyed. It's not, it's not, it's not, um, it's not someone. It's not separate. There's a, there's a, as long as there's incarnation, then of course, then there's all the particles of personality that have been, that have brought, been brought about through causes and conditions and your upbringing and your karma and your, all the apparent individu individuation that is happening over and over again. It's reinforced by the rest of the world. People who like you, people who don't like you, people who agree with you, people who disagree with you, whole societies, the whole world is pretty confused right now, but it, it'll get cleared up and then it'll get more confused unless it destroys itself. So the polarity is just a way of, just a way of talking about it. More? Is enlightenment nothing? Yeah, it's nothing. Yes. You were mentioning settling down might look like less anxiety. If we're sitting and we feel more anxiety, does that mean we're not sitting enough? Perhaps. You might, you might, you might just have more of a labyrinth to go through. So, and it's, 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 it's dependently arisen. So the way that whole, that chemistry works, uh, your, your lifetime might be about awakening, not just feeling better. So you may be cursed or blessed with that. Look at it however, either or. Don't take your pick though. Just whatever happens, that's it. Whatever happens, that's it. Sitting, sitting, sit down. And if you feel terrible, don't do anything with that. Please don't try to improve yourself or get better. Don't try to meditate away your neurosis. 
there are pe- people who are doing that, people who are using meditation to try to feel better. It's just a misunderstanding. It's not wrong. Some people, that's the only thing they can do. And there are people, famous people, who are out there promoting meditation and mindfulness, and they're making all kinds of buckaroos from it. That's not wrong either. They can do whatever they want. But the true spiritual path is you on your cushion looking at the wall or looking at the floor or looking at a tree or looking at uh, your workbench or working at your half-finished pumpkin pie. It's just observing whatever's in front of you with nothing added and nothing subtracted, nothing added passion, nothing subtracted aggression, and nothing uh, ignored. Just, Just observe, just receive. You're looking right in your own face all the time. There seems to be a sense of choices um, involved in either or. Does the settling down help that sense of choice um, go away? Or it, it might. The, the causes and conditions that arise, look at all these people, was a dozen or more people, a couple dozen people here. Everyone is operating, uh, using this, in a, working with this in a different way. Uh, and my recommendation is as much as you can, Sit down, hold still, and just watch what continues to shuffle along, which is that's the, that's the self-centeredness who tries to go to something else, stop this or start that. So, and the either or part, that's meant as the title of the talk, just meant to say that, you know, if you, uh, I, what I was saying, I can guarantee if you, if you practice that you're, you're going to, at the very least, you're going to settle down. You're going to, things are going to slow down. There'll probably be less suffering, except in the case of, uh, uh Juju. But she's going to suffer until she awakens. Just say it. Everybody's grinning but you. (laughs) 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 Kind of sadistic of them, isn't it? (laughs) And these are your friends. I had no idea what your enemies were thinking. Oh, no. I was wondering about the cyclic nature of meditation, how as we meditate a lot, things might calm down, but then they escalate quite a bit, and then they kind of calm back down. And just the general mentality is like linear, like things should slowly over time be moving in a direction. So what is that that's constantly moving back and forth? It's your mind. You're actually, you're actually concluding things about that. Things are getting worse. Things are getting better. Things are just, it's just uh, the nature of, uh, of the physical situation of being embodied and being connected with the body-mind complex. Is there anything that is changing or shifting as we meditate over years and decades? So I guess I'm asking, like, the feelings aren't really an indicator of, of what's happening. And I'm just wondering, over that period of time, is there something that is is softening or is is changing? Perhaps. That's what I was saying about you may settle down. It depends. Something is by sitting down, holding still, and not doing anything. The uh, at least you'll settle down. I mean, you're just settling down by sitting down and not doing anything. You're retraining. You're reorganizing um, your whole. Um, um, Five skandhas, uh, form, uh, feeling, perception, perception impulse is another way of saying the perception that something occurs and there's an impulse to add or subtract or divide or physically move into it. But if you're doing sitting meditation, then at least you've toned down that aspect of it. Now you're just uh, impulsively act, acting in terms of, uh, of what you're perceiving. 
That's something I, I don't want to feel that way. I, why am I feeling this? Why is this happening? So we keep uh, buying into the that complex thing we call our life and our karma. And we're, we come into this relative, uh, this human realm, and uh, and there isn't anyone. So when that's realized, then you may feel good. You may feel bad. You may feel happy. You may feel sad. Sorry to make that rhyme. Uh, but you won't mind. You won't, you'll just notice that things are just coming and going. Leaves fall off the tree, then more grow back on next year. It's it's all over. The cycles are all over the place. Just like the side of those who study astrology, the cycle, cyclic movement there is completely impersonal. Yet it's personalized by the very quality that is represented by any one of those uh, cyclic movements, which you can actually go in and spend your whole life rummaging around in that thing, and you can actually look like an astrologer. It's like you can with philosophy, or you can with the I Ching, or you can you can do it with the, the enneagrams. You can do it with anything. But but my recommendation is that you sit down and look at the circularity in your mind, and notice that that which sees the circularity is not circular. Mm-hmm. Does awakening look different than settling down? Awakening doesn't have a, a look to it. Settling down is a relative. Notice that I'm not feeling quite as uh, upset. It's, uh, it's different with each person, so there's no guarantee of anything. But probably if you sit enough, eventually things will settle down just because you, you're going through all of the cycles that you would, would have gone through had you not meditated at all. But instead, you're bringing in uh, an element called uh, stillness. You're coming bringing in an element called silence. You're beginning, you're bringing in an element that is not buying into the, the plus and minus, the propaganda of ego that is desperate and is terrified and needs help and needs to be um, you know, shielded or emboldened or strengthened or needs a, a credential or a noble grasp at a credential. When you sit on the cushion, have you noticed that you're grasping? There's not much grasping in the credentials if you do enough of it. You don't even feel like a meditator anymore. It's called beginner's mind. Question from Susan in Traverse City. Susan. Is time just social convention? So it could be looked at that way. It's nothing actually occurs. In the, in the sense that the, the, the self-conscious, uh, self-centered uh, absorption of me, me, me and my stuff and my life. And I'm going here and I just was over there and now I'm going over there. That's an illusion. If you, if you have a dream, your dreams are, that's the most, that's the coolest place to see it. Because then anything that happens there actually is unreal. Where, uh, where anything that happens in your, in your everyday life is, uh, is not really unreal. It's, un, it's real because it's, it's so real that it's unreal. You have to see it, though. You have to can't because otherwise it looks like. I mean, the, if you have a hammer in a dream and you hit something with it, uh, it'll make a sound. If you have a really um, uh, sour tasting uh, fruit or something and you take a bite of it, uh, it'll taste really, really bitter. Seems real, doesn't it? Does this seem real? What's the difference? Look at the difference between the dream that's happening and what's happening. Right here. The conventional way is to say that's the real dream. You know, this is the real dream and that's the, the fake dream. I would turn it around and say, the way. that's the real dream. This is a nightmare. You have no say so about it. You can wake up from that one. You can't wake up from this one. What can you do? Can, did I just say you can't wake up from this? What's he saying? Is he talking out of both sides of his ears? 
Susan has another question, and I think it's, um, is time observable? Only if you have a clock. If you don't have a clock, you're pretty much screwed. It's all subjective from that. But if you have a clock, tick, tick, tick. Then you can watch that. You can listen to the ticks. You can, I'm being uh, uh, ridiculous about it, but I'm saying, no, it's it's very, very subjective kind of thing. There's something happening there that has to do with materiality changing shape. It can be just a, we've taken all the movement and consolidated it down to a, a stick that moves uh, over various glyphs. And then we all agree. But the actual, if you sit and face the wall, you anybody who does that for any length of time will notice that a four-hour block set might as well be 20 minutes. A 20-minute set might as well be sitting all day. It's very, very subjective. So if you sit down and hold still and just observe what moves, the whole, whole time situation starts to come apart. It's not so dependable. And we even might want to even have a clock next to us so we can see how, so we don't lose track too much. What if we forgot about time altogether? What if there was no time? Mm -hmm. I'm still confused about the idea of settling because it seems like as I've practiced the like Chase I'm saying the emotions or the difficulty seems to get stronger mm -hmm. so when that rises up what what is settling why do you stay here why stay here why not leave if it's getting worse leave you know what I'm saying why do you stay let me hear it why do you stay? No, that's not what I do. That's not bad. <laughs> that's why I'm here too. <laughs> no. Why do we? Why do we? Why do we keep doing this? No, there's no guarantee, no promises. Uh, actually, sitting practice of meditation, we we start to look at how much how difficult this is to do this. Not easy. Very difficult to do it, and there there doesn't seem to be any respite in some case. Some for some people. We do it anyway. It's, uh, this is uh, what's called uh, in the Mahayana tradition called bodhicitta. It's a mind of awakening, the aspiration to, to awaken. And you receive vows, and those, those are not just empty, uh, as they say, empty words. That's a powerful vow that you receive. You just basically gave away your personal life. You just don't know it yet. Is awakening the process of settling down? It starts that way. Just to, for someone, uh, as Juju is, uh, came here and settled down in the sense that she practices every day. The karma that was that that was taking uh, her, not to just comment on you, but taking anybody, taking you in circles. Eventually, if you come and start relating to this practice, something starts to slow down. You might not feel great. You might have your nose rubbed in your negativity a lot longer than you would like. But some things, there's some kind of change starts to happen. Uh, I, I can say, how do you think I feel? I, I mean, I'm the only reason I'm here is I'm extremely stubborn. I, I just don't, I would rather die than give up. I don't give up. I, I've managed to not die. So therefore, I'm still here. But a lot of stubbornness. And I was helped by uh, meeting a stubborn teacher. Uh, um, so it seems like maybe activity continues, but what changes in our relationship to that um, energy as we settle down? Less, there's, there's less of a 
uh, attachment or a rejection or an ignoring of just less, less of that. There's some, but there's less of it. Just a more relaxed uh, seeing the grasping and seeing and rejecting, seeing the passion, seeing the aggression and seeing the ignore. Just a more, there's going to be a gradual aspect of that more than likely with each person. And with some people, it can just start to tighten up because you could say, because I could speculate and say, um, you might have the last three lifetimes where you hit off from everything. You spent a lifetime trying to shut this down. And then you made the mistake of walking in this building or you, your karma with somebody else brought you into a cir- circle of uh, ambiguity called relationships that brought you into this uh, vortex that is a, that is a, a Bodhi mandala where this is the only purpose to be here is to awaken. Although there's all kinds of other things happen. We have a community, we have a society, we all, uh, we all eat different food. We all dance to a different, uh, what do we call them, drummers? Completely different personalities here. There's no, nobody belongs to, there's no club here. There's certainly no cult. Especially if I'm telling you, you don't like it here, leave. Go somewhere else. If you want this kind of help, that's what I'm here for. But no propaganda, if I can help it. I'm wondering, it seems that some areas may start to loosen up after being here for a while, but it's such a cloistered life that we become really used to people having similar ideas and talking about things in a similar way. Is there a way to work with when we start to clamp down on what we're doing here? That showed up really strongly when I went strongly when I went to that yoga training and all of a sudden people are talking about things differently. And I immediately see myself judging that or saying, Oh, that's ridiculous. So what do we do with when we fixate here? Just awareness. So that's why we, that's why this is not, not a cloistered. That's why it's a different kind of monastery than the ones who have really strict rules where everybody has to be quiet and no one, there's, there's strong forms in some ways, but in other ways, a lot of open situations going on. It's becoming as the, the, as the, the, the fundamental quality of the, as the practitioners here become stronger, the openness to the so-called outside world also becomes more, more elaborations happening there, like the yoga studio. Like having someone come there who's a, a massage therapist who's not particularly a member of this community who's going to work there. So a little bit of that is starting to happen. It needs to. I'm wondering about if there's, it's almost like I've become more sensitized to being out in the world so that leaving here becomes more difficult or more painful. Is there a way to work with that? How the outside world becomes kind of foreign in some ways? I think it's just awareness. It's, it, was, it was foreign before you noticed it. So just, just continue. Keep going. Use that. Sometimes when I feel like crap, the... When you feel like what? Crap. Oh, crap. crap. The statement that I've heard you make of someone tells you they feel like crap and you say good yeah. shows up. Um, and like the sentiment that, well, I feel like crap, but it must mean I'm looking at the right thing. Is that extra? Can that be helpful? Looking at, the, looking at the crap was fine. And uh, the comment, uh, I must be looking at the, at the right thing, is extra. Just look at the crap. Don't, no congratulations. No affirmation that this is doing the right thing. You don't need it. I mean, you're here. You're looking at it. You don't need anything extra. You don't need a commentary. You don't need a credential. Go ahead. What about when that affirmation shows up? Then, then it just shows up. 
it does if it's spontaneous then then it's like weather but if it's your intention to take something that is unstable and and is a little threatening because of it's the difficulty and try to seal it up with something a comment on it that uh, validates it then you're buying into um, that aspect of dependent origination or pratitya samutpada that is is uh, is um, um, is that aspect of the circularity that creates more and more issues, more and more confusion, more and more affirming some kind of entity who is living, dying, succeeding, failing, failing. So don't do anything with it. Yes. It seems like if I express that difficulty to you, sometimes you may be very encouraging and say, well, just keep going. So I'm just looking at you. So I, I don't have no, I don't have a protocol. I don't, I don't even decide what to do ahead of time. I don't plan my that I don't plan something. But usually I just get who you know plan. <laughs> That's because we're planets. There's a lot of planets in the twelfth. Oh, you mean that other kind of planet. <laughs> so there's some of that going on. And, and so it might be it might have to do with seeing you and feeling like uh, I'm not saying I'm concluding it, but I might just spontaneously try to be more encouraging to you. Another time I might say uh, you might say, I feel like crap, and I might say, good. So I, I have no, I don't have any kind of special insight into anything. I'm not saying, oh, I can see what you really need to hear. I don't, I don't function that way. Probably obvious if you've been around me very much that I uh, don't know much. A question from Vishal in San Jose. Vishal. Well, it's kind of early out there. Vishal's out of bed already. <laughs> In a Shikantaza session, if it's realized that the back is slumped, is it okay to correct it back by straightening? It seems like I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yes. So uh, to return to just basics, if you're if you're sitting down and you're uh, practicing Shikantaza, then this posture, uh, a straight posture symmetrical like so left over right with the thumb slightly touching you could do this if you wanted to sometimes people uh, this bothers their neck you can also put your uh, rest this uh, up near what the japanese call your your hara you can do this but you might need a pillow under it that's it's possible to do that it's not about maintaining it so much as uh, as it is just finding a position that you can sit symmetrical where you don't have to move Unless something, you know, if your leg hurts, then move it. And if you notice that your back has slowly been kind of caving in, yeah, you could straighten up your, um, the traditional way that it was taught uh, in the Shambhala uh, teachings as I was trained some 40-some uh, years ago is imagine a string pulling you up from the top and helps you straighten up a little bit more. You could you can use some techniques like that if you wanted to, if you feel like you're starting to slump, especially if you're doing a four-hour block set, probably going to do some slumping. But that's uh, just have a time when you just everything straightens up again and you start over. Beginner's mind, you just start over and start over and start over. But at some point, you don't move too much. But you might, depending on your particular physiology. Some people are able to just sit like this in long periods of time right away as soon as they start meditating. And other people can't sit, never really learn to sit still. They just can't do it. It's too painful, depending on your own. Uh, body. So yes, I would say, Vishal, I would say straighten up and then and then you don't want to do be too rigid, but then drop down just slightly into it. And then just relax and then just observe um, anything else. Is 
He has a follow up. Says, I'm getting paranoid if the slumping and straightening too often on purpose. Nah, don't worry about it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very simple thing. I can understand a little bit where you're coming from on that, but uh, um, just proceed. Just, just a lot, whatever, whatever the, the paranoia is part of what's happening. It's not something you should get rid of. You don't ever have to get rid of that paranoia. How do you think you're going to save all beings? If you're not paranoid. All beings are paranoid. You have to participate in that paranoia with them to understand what they're dealing with, what they're going through. But there's no one doing it. That's that's the realization. There's no the paranoia will be there. The bears are coming out of the forest. The snakes are coming out of the swamp, and you're in danger. Not really, but it sure looks like it, and it's going to look like it to others. Help them, uh, protect them, show them that that's unreal. Tell them that that's very real. That's why it's so unreal. Those are the, the ways that the, the, we help. Uh, according to the tradition, we uh, um, we give uh, food or help or money or support or shelter to people. And we also um, um, teach them the Dharma if they're ready to hear it. This is how you meditate. This is a, a passion, aggression, ignorance. These are the three poisons. This is the way that we avoid our life and try to be some special person. The teach them the Dharma, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, and on and on. And then the third one is uh, protect them, uh, uh, give them uh, fearlessness. How do you do that? You have to be fearless. How, uh, you don't get, you don't become fearless by get, getting rid of what you're afraid of, or becoming not afraid yourself. That's a misunderstanding. So use the paranoia. Good luck. Stay in touch. <laughs> Yes. The question come up around what Chazon was bringing up. Um, it seems like on a certain level that just having a monastery could become like an empty thing where we're just trying to support Buddhism and not actually support people's awareness. Um, as a community, how do we keep that at the forefront? I'll help you. When I'm dead, you're on your own. So somebody should awaken. That's what I would recommend. Anybody up for that? If you awaken, you won't make any more decisions. You won't you won't weigh things. Hmm, should this be better? That's political. This is not the politics of experience uh, don't don't work here. They do in other realms, other ways of working with uh, life and death, but not here. Can we recognize if we're doing something that's just serving our idea of how a monastery should look? Paraphrase. Can we see if we're creating a form or locking down on something that's not actually supportive to someone's fundamental understanding? You'll get flashes of it. Just pay attention to it. You need to train your own mind rather than try to be somebody who knows stuff. Train your mind so there's so there's no doubt. Find out who you are. Don't settle. Don't settle for a halfway understanding. Mm-hmm. Question from Bhaskar in Houston. Is the way a bodhisattva acts similar to how we act in our dreams? I mean, well, could be. Probably in your dreams, Bhaskar. <laughs> in my dreams, I'm a devil. What was I in a dream last night? I was, uh, a couple nights ago, I was teaching Chazan how to do the Australian crawl. Was that it? Some of it. 
There you were. <laughs> and it's a, it's a special kind of a stroke where you actually swim above the water. You can wear a, you can wear a business suit. You don't get it wet. <laughs> Quite amazing. I was teaching him how to do that. So, uh, I don't know if that would be a very good example. That was just kind of showing off. So, I think it's best to do it right here in this world, right where you're at. And all you have to do is receive. Most important part of giving is just receive what the person is. People need to be heard, need to be understood. They don't necessarily need to be corrected. Joseph. Rage Against the Machine has a, has a song called Wake Up. It's at the end of uh, the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? Or they shout, Wake Up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Okay. I wouldn't disagree with it. Some people, that's the only way they can hear it. It's that way. You should guy. Does awareness and dreams help us with our awareness in this life? No. It's good to pay attention to dreams. We've done a lot of things with dreams. Uh, there's different ways of working with it. We don't have time in this talk to talk about it. But yeah, dreams are important look at sometimes we've had practices i've done them other people here have done them where you write down your dreams but not so much to try to it's not about looking at the symbols of dreams which has been done by all kinds of psychologists and different people but it's just about being about having that be a, a more open dimension where you're where you where your dream world and your everyday world you begin to see how similar they are they seem so solid when you're in the dream it seems so real just like this seems so real. Any other? One more question, if you have it. If there's someone out there, Joseph. You said earlier that the, um, the observer that's or what is observing circularity is not circular. Does it have an appearance or a form if it's not circular? No. What makes it not circular? It's not going in circles. It's watching the circles. It's still a path quality, but it's uh, um, there's no footprints. It's, it's, it's still a path because there's still an observer of something else. But there's not leaving any footprints anymore. So the karma is well, the karma is built, being built up over a lifetime is not there like it was before. It's just less and less and less. It's a it's it's part of the uh, progressive stages of. Meditation on Emptiness, which is Kempo Sultram Jamso's book uh, title. This is a progressive stage, but at some point it's just empty. There isn't anything. There isn't anything else. There's no else-ness to it. There's no one. There's no, there's no awareness. No footprint. No footprint. Yes. A follow-up question from Vasker. Mm-hmm. What I meant was the way we act in dreams seems to be arbitrary and surprising to ourselves when we wake up. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting area. So, but his question was about the bodhisattva path. So, Is the way a bodhisattva acts similar to how we act in your Okay, I'm following you now. Yes, thank you. Yes, it's very similar to that. Yeah, pretty much screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, um, yeah. That's a that's a good insight there, Oscar. I think I have a good Dharma name for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably going to be very, very offensive. <laughs> I can't wait to give him a name. Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant books. And I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. As always, we rely on your generosity to help us continue with the teachings. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Soka Koji, Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with life. 